Welcome back to the Everything and Nothing show with Martina Mushenje, with our guest, Lisa Ellis. Hello. She <laughs> has allowed us to come into her house, invade the space, and yes. uh, do this interview thing. I like that it's everything and nothing. Yes. I like that it's not pinpointed to exactly, exactly. something. Like even when you asked me about what we're going to talk about, I even stepped back for a second and I was like, yo, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> but then I think... The idea is to, like you said, not just focus on one thing because not people don't only want to know that one thing about you. It's that I think is the mantra of the new, can I say the new decade, is right. that realization that people aren't just one thing. They've yes. never actually ever been one thing. And yeah. more people are owning up to that, respecting that, and, and you know allowing people to be themselves in the many forms that they come in. Right. Yeah. Right. Lisa Ellers, ladies and gentlemen, this is the top artist in the country, <laughs> a wife, a mother. Uh, can I call you a manager, facilitator yeah, maybe? I am a facilitator. I'm yeah. also an agent. So yeah, definitely through Song Night, I yes. do a lot of agenting for Namibian artists who have the talent. But mm. you know, then the business side of it all, it's, it's not so easy. And in yeah. Namibia, we've had to be jack of all trades all the time in order to put bread on the table and then to excel you have to push even harder of course of course yeah. and you've been in the industry for what 20 years maybe 20 years up and down but uh, can i say legitimately with mm. my own music and with my own brand for the last decade yeah. so i think that first decade was just prep yeah. <laughs> the first prep. decade is going to be prep for the next decade to be prep for the new thing that's it it's always prep life is this you know, constant thing of rehearsal because yes. once you think you've reached like like a really good level, you're like, oh, I'm far from where I have to be. So exactly. now I have to prep for the next version of yeah. myself. Yeah. And I've been doing that a lot, but I haven't been precious, um, Martin. I think a lot of people are very precious with their work, meaning mm. they mm. don't put anything out because it's not perfect. Yeah. They're like waiting and waiting and waiting. And I've I've had such brutal conversations with myself where like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like that. But then after some tweaking, I would put it out and be actually very happy that I put a, a, a version of that out so that I could grow from that. Right. I mean, you just have to let it go when you put it out. Once it's out, then, you know, there's not really anything that you can do about it. You, you can't know? do anything about it. But if you don't put anything out for a long time, what happens is you start questioning yourself. You start mm. asking yourself, am I really a creative if I'm not creating? So it's a, it's been a, I've been asking myself some really tough questions when, when in fact it's also really good to take time to reflect on your life because without right. life you can't create. Of course, and you must live life. And it's tough, you know, it's tough to find inspiration. You're, when you're like going through the motions, you're like, what, what, are, what am I writing about? What am I talking yeah. about? What do I want? Yeah. That question, what do I want, is like, oh. I don't know how you yeah. feel about it. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm even asking myself this question. What am I actually doing it for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who am I doing Who it for? Am I doing is it, it for? really yeah. for myself and what I want to leave a legacy for, whatever, for my children or mm. for my peers? Or is it just the fact that I want to do something for the sake of doing something? Are you, do you have everyone in mind when you're doing it? Or is it like a flow state thing where nothing else matters but the that. task at hand? I think it's such a combo. Yeah. I think really everything is so multi-leveled that it's a combo of 
if I don't create, I won't have work yeah. because that's the country we live in. We're not in a place where we get paid so well for our work that we can actually just take a breath and say, mm. and now I will do exactly what I want to do with my time and my money. Right. So a lot of the time we are forced to work because we have to eat. Yeah. So and often yeah. it's in situations that we don't necessarily want to be in. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's a big form of dignity in knowing your responsibility towards yourself and your family. Right. So I, I speak a lot to artists about it's, it's fine to do the stuff you don't want to do, but don't mm. do it all the time so that you start resenting who you are. Yeah. Because the minute you come to a resentful space, then you've lost, you've lost your, your fire and you've sort of sold out. And it's so frustrating. Like, I found myself in places like that where it's just like, yo, maybe I just shouldn't do this. Like, yeah. You know, that's self-doubt. Self-doubt eats you up when you're in a space where you're only doing to pay the bills. Mm. And not even that is enough. Well and the then you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not even that is enough. And you're just like, what am I doing with my life? Maybe I should just go into a regular career. Mm. And that is the time when you should look at yourself and remember why you started doing what you did in the always, first place. Always, always, always. So, yeah. Do you, since we're on this topic, do yeah. you have experiences... I'm sure you do, but then we should just definitely talk about it. Um, experiences with depression and, you know, yes. these kinds of moments. I think the minute you are, can I say, a person who works to put something out there for other people, yeah. you know, if, uh, say, somebody's doing accounting, you're doing something based on a formula and you have to do it and you do it right and then that's that. Mm. Whereas with, with performance, it's this process and there's no template yes you learn your lyrics yes you rehearse yeah but that emotional template isn't there because you never know how you're feeling how mm. nervous you are how prepared you are how present you are yeah so i've had bouts and bouts of fear self-doubt mm. uh, not good enough and obviously because i find that as a person of mixed background i'm a, i'm i'm a multi-race i'm mm. not a bi-race because mm. a bi-race is somebody with one black parent and one white parent can you get a little deeper into that multi-race multi-race is somebody who doesn't actually know their proper heritage right, line right, right. so i know there's cape malay in my blood i know there's polish in my blood wow. but how much and what other dilutions yeah. or yeah. ingredients is in that mix and yeah. I've woken up feeling completely identityless. I felt like an imposter. I felt, mm. I felt like, oh, I don't exist. Yeah. And yeah. who am I? And who am I doing this for? Yeah. My my people don't even come to the show. Right. It's mostly foreigners. Who or who are your people? Like, would you, if we're talking about identity, would yeah. you? I do you identify as a colored? I partially person. identify as a <laughs> colored person, as yeah. a person of mixed heritage. Yes coming yes. from the south yeah so but if i compare the music that i make i'm not making music for that community because that community as they love a good snobbish jazz they love a, a very nice soul a mm. very snobbesque type of vibe mm, but mm. then at the same time most people in the south or colored mix wherever you find yourself yeah they like Lang Aram and they like Khaisi. And, and they're very loyal. They stick to that. Very much into that. And that's not my sound. Is that not... Okay, speaking of your sound, I mean, we'll get to that yeah. now. But then there's obviously a different... Or there's a, s a subdivide yeah. in that sector, if I can say. Yeah. There's your bastard yeah. from Riverworth. Yeah. And then there's your colored, colored. Your colored, colored. It's most colored, not colored. 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 Yes, yeah. With a D. 
I'm actually doing a play about it. It's called Butensis and it's mm. about being a person of mixed heritage, being a multi-race. Right. And then, you know, feeling like, uh, firstly, you don't belong because the colors are more Cape colors. They come from the East Cape or the North Cape or right. the West. There's even Zimbabwean colors. No you must way. come to my show. Okay, no, no, no. I've you must come to my show to, <laughs> to see how I nail that. Yes. Because I've been doing an amazing journey of research, which I'm loving because mm. it's getting... It's allowing me to know where I am and where I stand. What's the process? The process is intense because reading into books and doing research, you know, like J.S. Milan, he does the book called Peoples. Mm. I never knew Peoples could have an S at the mm, end. But anyway, mm -hmm. Peoples of Namibia. And they talk about the Ovambos and they talk about the Ovahereros and they talk about everybody. Right. And then there's one paragraph mm. called The Others. And yes. the others are literally pastors who are mostly Khoisan mixed with Afrikaner who mm -hmm. settled in Riabot. Mm -hmm. That's a pastor. Okay. Then the colors... Wait, they're not Dutch? Wait, did you say Dutch? No. Pastors are mostly, mainly Khoisan people mixed with Afrikaners. I thought there was Dutch in there no. somewhere. Okay, okay. There could this be maybe a version of okay. that, but the main... The main bastard is is a Khoisan mixed with a with a white person, ah, Afrikaner, ah. and settling in Riabot. Ah. Now the the various colored possibilities are mixes of mixes of mixes of mixes. Right. So I'm going into that and how bastards have something to wear on day of the African child. You know they mm. wear their uh, bastard look. Yeah. We don't. Me, I don't ever know what to wear. Mm. And then wearing something from some tradition and then being called a cultural appropriator. Mm. All these things have influences and it's causing a bit of an identity crisis. Right, right. So what, when I say my people, it's literally the people who are open-minded to say there can be a genre mix. Mm. This this is music that appeals to my to my to my heart and mm. to my mind, mm. and that has been a community of people mixed from I don't know what black, white, right. purple, orange. It's so, so it's been it's been quite a journey to understand my place in my community of where I come from, Marital, right. Right. and the type of people I'd like to sing for. Okay, because you always want to sing for family. You know, family is something that you're born into and. And you also choose your family. So I've, I've really got two families in your this life. Your family is your first, I mean, your immediate family. That's your first audience, you know. That's your first, it's the people who, who had the first ears to your work mm. or eyes to your painting or whatever. Yeah. So it's, you always want to be appreciated and accepted. And that's why being who you truly are is so difficult around your family. Yeah. Because... You want to be who you are, but you're also afraid of being judged by them because you love them the most, right, almost. Right. And then, of course, people start pulling away from their families because there's just no acceptance. Yes, because of this, you have to be a doctor, you have to be yeah. a... And you can't be an artist because... It's frowned upon yeah. still today. And it's, it's sad. It's not only know. the 21st <laughs> century, it's 2020 as a decade. Mm -hmm. How is this still a thing? I don't know. I is have it no idea. Who is it up to to change the paradigm? Is it up to us? Do we have to make it? In it's order up to for us. People? It is up to us. That's right? why people are so intentional. Well, our elder millennial vibes. Mm, yes. We are intentional because we understand that if I say this word to you and I label you, mm. you're gonna you're gonna and and, and the younger generation hears that yeah. then they're gonna have that label as a norm and mm. it's unacceptable mm. so i'm talking about um how people also address uh, people of different sexual orientation mm. in, in my community mm. and how i compare the word 
I don't even want to say it, but the word mofi, mm. I compare it to the word nigger. Mm. I feel it's as blasphemous bec- and to that community. And like in my community, it's not even a word. An insult is an insult. Honestly. Yeah, and but it's so painful, but that people mm. say, what? That's yeah. not even a word. It's yeah. not even a thing. Get over it. Yeah. But I do not allow my children to use words like that so that I am intentionally changing. Not only am I preparing generational wealth, but I'm in preparing generational vocabulary. And mindset and as mindset well. Because yeah. you are what you talk about. And right. it's, been, it's been quite rough. Yeah. Because we all burst out in a swearing, colored vibe. Hey, hey, I like hey. to swear. I feel my most authentic self when I'm swearing. Yeah. I feel like I'm platfloers and lekker, but I never have to break somebody else down yeah. in order to have a good swear. Mm. Swearing is like crying in a sense, you know. Yeah, you, there's this it's a sense call out. of euphoria also that comes with it. You know, after that, it's like a release of tension. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I've not put ever one single swearing word in my music. music I've yeah. never felt the n- need to express myself that way in my music because I've always had a very intentional audience with my music. Okay. It's always been an international audience of people who listen to the lyrics of what this could do further. And right. maybe that has harmed me a bit yeah. because a lot of people just want you to be authentically yourself. Yeah. So I have to I have to mold different products, Martin, in order, yeah. you know, molding different products for different audiences is the only way to go into the future. This is actually bringing me to my next question and I think it's twofold. Yeah. So number one is, um, are you hmm, are you making the music you want to make? No, not at <laughs> all. Partially. Mm. When I went into you know doing soul style with that whole Congolese vibe, mm. I I really love danceable music. Mm-hmm. I feel that when people are dancing, they're happy and they're at peace. And that's not genre specific. It's is not it? genre specific. Or tempo it's specific. It's not dancehall. It's not house. It's mm. not. D- it's dancing music that that make people this feeling. Just the groove. Just this feeling. Yeah. But yeah. I've I've heard my music and I was like, who did I make this for? Why does it feel like I made this for a white audience who mm. does the corporate gigs? Hey. I c- I'm gonna be slaughtered for this, but. I've I've had very intentional choices to make and yeah. I've made them because I sometimes write in a specific way. Mm. But I definitely want to go more into um that's a Lisa genre. I want everybody to have their Martin genre, yeah, loft yeah. genre because yeah. there are so many fusions. Yes. A possibilities the lines have blurred lisa the lines have totally, blurred and totally. we can't be genre bound anymore. It's yeah. ridiculous to be genre bound. Yeah. And I'm just trying to find a a space where I'm Bjorky enough for my taste mm-hmm. for the one audience mm-hmm. but then on the other uh, side very commercial uh danceable music that is really fun and appealing like like in a sense if you think of Davido mm. very repetitive but something that people will sing and and dance for years to come yeah. without being too shallow about it. I think that sound is very elementary. That's the thing and I <laughs> want to I want you to be completely I mean? intellectual mm. and spacey. Mm. But people at the Afropop festival they literally walked out on Solange because she wasn't Beyoncé. Damn. And they it's not that they don't know who Solange is, mm. but they walked out. She had like a few hundred people stay and appreciate her staccato weird celestial yes. vibes. 
Yeah, her sound is definitely, I mean, not to disrespect or anything, but it's an acquired taste. It is an acquired yeah. taste, but it has its place of in course. the sound world. Exactly. True. So I true. want that weird sound that I've been making since I started making music. Yeah. But I also want to enjoy making house and singing Afrikaans house. I, fi- I, I find that there are two parts in me, very elementary and, mm. and, and trying to seek approval. Mm. And then mm. a, a sound that, I couldn't care less if anybody's listening because I'm making it for myself. Right. So that's where I am at the moment, in between two very opposite yeah. spaces. Left brain, right brain type exactly. vibes. <laughs> that's exactly it. The second part of the question is Namibia for Namibians and then Namibia for the world. Mm. Where do you stand there? Because there's obviously this patriotism. Mm. Uh, is it patriotism? It's patriotism. That we have, like even me, like having studied in South Africa and setting mm. up a network there. Yeah. I could have easily stayed there. Mm. And you then used that as a stepping stone to get to the world. But something yeah. called me back. You know what I'm saying? It's a thing of homegrown. It's a thing of, I think Namibia is an incredible place to come from and to represent. Yes. But we have such a far way to go. It's quite exhausting. Yes. Honestly, we are doing more. Twice or maybe even five times harder than. Yeah, we are carrying a weight that if we didn't carry it, we most probably could have created much more and bigger and better work. Yeah. But because we have to carry this weight of so few people and and where we are, it's it's quite a big responsibility. Yeah. it's, It's heavy. So the weight is heavy to carry. But at the same time, you want to carry it because you. this is where you come from. This right. is where you were born. Yeah. But a lot of people never go back to where they were born. So they don't even care. They they make their new homes, their identity and right. their, you know, their sp- space. Because I have the song called You Are My Surrounding. And I believe that it's, I, th- I think that's contributing to the fact that I'm, I'm not struggling, but I'm, I'm on an uphill challenge to create something that a lot of Namibians will will like to hear, mm. would love to share internationally, but it's obviously not easy. Because I, I got a thing of, you're not black enough, girlfriend, and you're definitely not white enough. So Damn. I've always felt slightly handicapped in that way, but yeah. I've, I've used that as a special skill instead of a handicap. Right. And for me to get that, in that sort of big recognition now as Artist of the Year, mm-hmm. I think it was just because of my persistence Definitely, and yeah. The, yeah, the contribution you—I I mean, on top of any other artist that I've seen, or you, your contribution to the game cannot be matched because just been hauling ass. You must haul ass, <laughs> bro. Just you, been hauling ass. It's 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 the life you chose, and I yeah. feel like it's that award is long overdue. But then I can't also say that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because so many people are working overtime. Of and course. So for me, is th- I, I really appreciated it. And that's what why I was in such shock. When you got it. When I got it. Because it's like, I've been feeling so in the middle that when you actually f- come to the top, you're in disbelief. Mm. And then I realized it's not only for your work towards other musicians. My music has been number one on Bass FM for the longest time in the Wild. history of the charts. Wild. And it's like I didn't believe it. So... Yeah. I'd like my community and the people, and I talk a lot about representation, not because I want to fall into the race, into the race conversation yeah. specifically, 
But you must stand your ground. I, I mean, have, you could have to. to. Yeah. And I, I felt so proud to represent a colored woman or a woman, a multi-race, mm. and a woman as the first artist of the year yes. in the history of this country. Well done. So for me, that was huge. Not yeah. only for me, but for people who look like me, mm-hmm. who make the music I make, and for the people who will come after me. Right. So I know it's a big deal to, to stay consistent. You know, honestly, I think everybody just wants to to be left alone and to do the things to they do want do to thing. do but you can't be left alone if you if you're part of a race mm. you know because this country needs to run a race to say that we are as good as the next yeah. person internationally right so it takes a lot of work and i'm yeah. far from where i need to be mm-hmm. i think we all are we're mm-hmm. we're really willing and wanting but it because we have to do so many things to make ends meet yeah it's tough to focus just on one singular input yeah being being i mean i can definitely i think it's safe to say that you are at the top of your game right oh but i have very far to go of I course think in for terms sure. of myself but for now what i've done for the last decade with the music i've put out i'm, mm-hmm. I'm really blessed and I'm, I'm i'm really grateful for for where i am at the moment and not having to run around like a headless chicken anymore right i i appreciate that i can take longer now mm. to release to release or to to decide what i want to do and i don't accept every thing that comes my way anymore Mm. because that used to be priority you can say no (gasps) without it being the end of your life Uh, (laughs) lisa how are you balancing being top artist in the country a mother a facilitator a friend how are you how are you keeping that and a sister yeah. How are you balancing all of that? Oh, a sister. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Yeah, I know it's that that role is quite a a very sentimental role to me at the very moment. Mm. I think it's not so much balancing. It's I I yeah. I put priority on my family because if my family affairs are dear makar then I'm a mess um emotionally. Mm. And when I'm a complete mess emotionally, it's tough for me to focus on my work. Right. So I I Try and make sure home is where the heart is. And if the heart is fine, everything else falls yeah, into place. And that things are stable. So stable. It takes a lot of sacrifice. I just started with intermittent fasting because wow. I didn't see a change. Yeah. Because I was struggling with body image, uh, accepting myself. Yeah. And then having to talk about love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't preach something and that then you're not you come out in a whole catastrophe privately. So it's very tough to, can I say, live by example because everybody's eyes are on everybody's uh, things, mm-hmm. you know, on everybody's journey. Yeah, yeah. But who is actually looking at the other person? Everybody's actually so focused on their own thing, their, their own, own thing, own trying ambitions. to make it work. Yeah. Trying to wake up and trying not to yeah. fall on your face. I think we should stop caring so much about what other people see or think they see about us and just Mm. focus on how can I make myself better Mm. or how can I start accepting and loving myself so Mm. that I can want to make a change and commit to a change. To that change. So it's been been quite a... I think 2020 has been quite, can I say, revelation Mm -hmm. because I used to put things to the side until I can deal with it. I, I, I like to do that. Mm, I b- mm. put a lot of clothes on top and then one day I say, okay, clean, hang that up, sure. throw it in the wash, clean. So now I'm trying to just immediately see 
Where mm. does this fit in? Where does this go? Yeah. How important is this? And that is making my life slightly less chaotic. I mean, that would definitely involve uh, a certain amount of detachment. That's been right. the most painful thing. Right. I don't know if it's in your culture the same way as it in my culture of mm. my mom always saying, give people the benefit of the doubt. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Always giving people another chance. And uh, we have some guests peering in through the door. Uh-huh. Um, and then you open yourself up for a lot of rejection and hurt and same mistakes that you are allowing other people to make yet you don't allow yourself to make. Yeah. And you're just taking yourself for a ride and yeah. you're abusing yourself. I've had a lot of self-abuse in my life mm-hmm. and I've had to say goodbye to people over the last decade where I said, you are not my friend. You are my friend because you like to be seen with me. Mm, but the, the type of <laughs> conversation we're having is toxic. Yeah. Your lifestyle is toxic. It's making my life choices even more uh, risky. Mm. Mm. I've had to di- di- disassociate myself even from people that I could have made a lot of money with. And right. just like money is not worth my sanity. Yes. So it's been Big very facts. painful <coughs> because we've we've been raised to be slapped and slapped and slapped, cheek, and slapped yeah. and slapped yeah. until we fall over and die. Uh, I, I guess in the greater scheme of things, going through these kinds of things is you're just learning how to live with and without. You you're know. learning to to who you are and right. what you can do. I, exactly. And I think that's the most precious thing of life is getting to know yourself mm-hmm. through what you're doing and who you're allowing in your space. And some not all of those people are going to be worthy, let me say. Yeah, and it sounds so cocky and obnoxious and arrogant like mm, you're not worthy. No, Lisa. But I it's I not. I it's not. It's just the truth. Like we can't be friends because you know, because this we have is to the be state Mother of the Teresa. Yeah, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm fine with not being Mother Teresa anymore. I used to be Mother Teresa. I would give my last cent to somebody else. But then what about my family? What about my children? What yeah. about me? Yeah. And I've I've learned to... It's this guilt trip thing, you know? Th- who put us on it? <laughs> who put <laughs> us on this guilt trip that we never needed in the first place? It's this thing of want. I want, so I'm going to try to get it however yeah. I can, you know? I'm watching this thing called Pose. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly, I love drag shows and drag queens. And yeah. I love the fact that, that this character, who's this white middle-class businessman, says yeah. he's having this r- affair with this drag queen because she's the most authentic person he ever met in his life. He She walks the talk, people ridicule her. And of course, this is in the 1980s. Yeah. Where when you would be a transvestite or or a drag queen, because those are not the same things, you know. Mm. Transvestites are people who, Change of one gender, who wears the clothes of somebody of another gender. Whereas a transgender is somebody who's not okay with the with the gender that they're born into, so they we'll seek the other gen- gender. Right. Whereas a drag queen can be a straight as hell man who just loves to dress in drag and full makeup yeah. and put on a show. Yeah. So what what this middle class white man says to this gay guy who's also a drag queen mm. is you are the most authentic person I've ever met in my life. You have the guts to be yourself every day, to pursue your passions every day. Mm. Whereas he is just accumulating. He 
He says, I'm living a life of accumulation. I have nothing. I don't have a passion. Mm. I go home to my wife. We don't talk. We have nothing to say to each other. All I'm doing is working so that we can accumulate more stuff. Yeah. So he says he hates himself, but he loves this drag queen. So it was such a revelation that all we're busy doing is accumulating stuff. And it's, I mean, with the example that you're bringing up, it's as if this this man is living vicariously through... Through the drag queen, through the person he's choosing yeah. to spend his time with. Yeah. So I, uh, that made a huge thing for me because I also, I, I have this thing of retail therapy. And it's not me an addiction, but it helps <laughs> lift my mood, you know. It does, man. Because does. I don't drink anymore. I don't yeah. gamble. I don't smoke. I don't have these, people have these things where they say I'm letting loose. Mm, mm. So I used to let loose now with shopping, but not also not splurging at all because I'm a mother and I have to feed my kids. Right. But then I look at my spending and I was like, I'm just accumulating stuff I already have the same version somehow of in my house. Yeah. So I've I've cut down on my on my accumulative type of vibe. Yeah. Because it was very toxic for me as well. I guess you're just also being more meaningful about the things or you're yeah, you you're attaching more yeah, being more mindful and mindful, yeah. Mindful, yes, of the things you buy. Yeah, but how dumb have we been? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the point of life, man. You need those kinds, those slaps in your face where you're like, whoa. Oh, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think we as creatives, we're born with a certain intellectualism because we're understanding a part of ourselves and of other humans mm-hmm. to, to which, is sa- which is sacred almost, which mm. is sensitive and kind and teary and why whatever. That's yeah. for me the understanding of being a creative. Mm. Whereas a non-creative is just on that path of, I guess, accumulation mm. and making a point that you know certain things. Yeah. I mean, we can closely link that to... I mean, look, you've been alive for what? 33 years? 33 years, yeah. Okay, I'm 28. And we've gotten used to yeah. seeing human beings. Yeah. So it's no more... We've lost that... Oh my God, you're sitting right here in front exactly. of me. And we're having this beautiful conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's sort of become a given. Uh, we yeah. just go with the flow, do the things. Yeah. And if I, I'm doing, I'm watching a bunch of documentaries and I'm really trying to educate myself because I feel like the minute you know more, it's it, there's such a curtain that lifts Definitely. about what type of work has been done. There's a lot of recreation of work that has already that already exists. Mm. But I think the biggest lesson in any type of film or theater show or whatever photography yeah. is just is just to see somebody or to see something. That whole statement of I see you mm. it's such a big deal for me when somebody says that because it's it's like like this lid has been lifted. Yeah. So we often don't say it anymore because things have become so cheap, so quick, so easy, so instant gratifica- mm. gratification mm. that mm. you have no you have no room or you have no want or willingness to say holy hell this you, is amazing you yeah. blew my mind yeah because yeah. everything is so over the top and in your face all the time yeah in the generation we're living in now and it kind of i guess it you allow it to lose its value it waters it down waters everything down so i'm trying to go back to a space of less is more mm. i'm trying to go into a lush space of you know, density of time, not so much density of stuff, density of things. Mm. But it is pretty overwhelming. So you have to eject yourself a little bit from 
checking your Facebook every five seconds. That's why rest is so important. Like, I, I have this conversation with Mel a lot. And um, I forced myself, actually, to kind Pull of... Pull back. Yeah. And that, 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 that meant cutting people out, certain mm-hmm. people. It's not even about... I'm cutting no, you out. No, it's not a... It's just, yo, I can't this weekend or no. I can't right now. And then... Uh, Choosing that. In time, over time, things will fade, you know. They fade because then it's not that every day... Yeah. Keep up. Yeah. Keeping up with the collectibles. Yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of Mel, your beautiful wife... Yes, indeed. I, I also learned something from her and I'm obsessed with her stage uh, performances, you know, mm. and also just her natural presence mm. is is that you must feel something. Yes. You must allow yourself to feel what is happening at the moment because a lot of the time I snap to black, meaning snap, done, pose. Mm. Mm. I'm, 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 I can be very superficial sometimes just to pay a bill or mm. to make it work, or to show up and sh- say I was there, but I wasn't even f- near that place. I wasn't even wow. f- emotionally anywhere close yeah. to that venue. Yeah. So Mel has taught me to like channel my emotions and like yeah, it's it's resting and giving myself time mm-hmm. in order to process what is happening and actually let it happen yeah. and me being there for it yeah. because I've, I'm such a nowist mm. I swear to you I don't know what I did yesterday <laughs> I don't know what I did a week ago yeah. I won what best theater actor I don't even know and I was like sit down mm. and reflect and all these emotions came up all these all, all my anxiety and my laughter and my love mm. Of waking up and making time for myself before the sun came out. Yeah. Learning lines on my own without yeah. anybody disturbing me. Yeah. And I realized the happiest place is when you are working on yourself, but not necessarily in the presence of others. Yeah. It has to be alone. Alone time. Yeah. It's alone time. I used quality, to have alone time quality, with a chicken there. Really? You know, I would be hanging up washing. Mm-hmm. And thinking about what I'm what I'm planning, my plans. I love to plan mm. and executing my plans. And then there was just this lonely chicken that we used to have. You know, just looking at me. You know how a yeah. chicken can look at you and, and it, you feel like this chicken <laughs> is, is your guru, aunt <laughs> from the past. And honestly, it's been one of my most favorite moments of my life. Nice. With a chicken and a washing line. Most people would say that their favorite moments were in the club or, you know, traveling. I haven't even been to a club in That's years. Unique, and I man. hardly ever went to clubs in, in my youth. It's fine. You're not missing anything. N- right. <laughs> I used to think I missed out on my youth. Yeah. You know, I had to take care of my sick mom mm. uh, when s- right in school. I never had a, you know, a normal childhood. Yes. So I always thought, oh, you need to catch up. You need to be drunk. You need to, yeah. you know, it almost happened and almost ended my whole life in 2016 where I just sort of lost the plot for a second. Do you mind going into it? It was, no, it was just irresponsible behavior, drinking mm. and driving, stuff yeah. I don't ever want to just repeat. Wiling, yeah. Wiling, yeah. you know, dancing up on people. What? And it's just, you're, and you're just like, who was that version? Yeah. So it was some creep version of myself. Trying to justify not having a pro- uh, proper youth, come a proper youth, the mm. youth like others are emulating mm, mm, to be mm. proper. What we see on TV as well, the and ideal. The, yeah, yeah. Mm. and that's not okay. It's not okay for you to feel you're missing out on something just because you're doing things your way. Mm. And and 
I've had a major breakthrough in my life where I'm constantly I was constantly comparing myself to okay would that person that I like buy this thing mm. would 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 that person even like this idea that I'm having would that I was like why is it always that person yeah. those people yeah. why couldn't it be my thought and do I like it so yeah. I'm trying to take the thoughts of others out of my head because I've had so much respect for people I will always have respect for people mm, and the opinions their opinions matter more than mine. I had no voice. Yay, I had no... Yay. I was I just doing for other people. Yeah. It was just other people's opinions and, and, and deadlines and mm. did you do this? Oh, mm. you should do this. And then I woke up one morning. I was like, I don't exist. Mm. I've never existed. And that's to come back to your initial question about depression. Mm. Threw me into a whole hole that... You know, pills can help for a bit, yeah. which was fine. And I have no stigma against medication because mm. mental health is a real, real thing. But then coming out of medication and using exercise and walking and meditating as yeah. an alternative uh, form of coping. Mm. And then not having to cope, but to thrive and to live based on better choices made. Right. And excluding negative voices, negative people, negative habits, negative... Mm. I... I think I'm on the right path and I hope it's going to last till eternity. Yeah. But obviously I want that for my family. I don't want the same conversation repeated of what am I going to do now? I have no future. Mm. That kind of vo voice or tone really breaks yeah. my heart. It's a, it's a situation of filling your cup up. You know what I'm saying? Filling your cup up so that you'll be able to fill the, uh, the cups of the others. The cups of others. Um, and I mean, th that can also be a fine line that we walk on between you know making time for yourself and then being called selfish exactly you know what i'm saying so eh, it's a it's a it's a balancing act really it's a big you you said it it's a huge balancing act it's a big act of choice yes indeed that's and all we have really no the freedom of choice we do have it in a lot of cases sometimes we don't have choice we just have to go with the flow to make life right. work yes yes but i th really think it's important how you speak to people and how you treat people oh yeah and we oh all yeah. are people so obviously we're we're gonna burst out and say something we regret sometimes because mm. we're tired or because we're pained or because we've just had a rough time mm. but i try to i try to see how exactly is this gonna make me a better person how am i gonna live with myself tomorrow yeah so it's also a big weight yeah. that a lot of people place on themselves like you know feeling goody two shoe mm. nobody needs that you'd want to be a badass also i uh I, I i came across this um i guess i could call it a podcast or just this audio clip um, called the art of communication mm. where they were talking about someone being given a compliment right mm. this this goody two shoes thing yeah it comes it's that's a big head bro you know what yeah. i mean and you're going to be this person and you're going to be seen as someone that can't make mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you actually make a mistake, it's like, oh my God, you're yeah. this person, you're the worst. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And what they're saying in this thing is that, and I mean, you won't always get it, but yeah. when someone gives you a compliment, sometimes it's okay to say, yeah, I have my off days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It may, it, it, it's subliminal. Yeah. Because then when you make a mistake, the pressure isn't as, uh, deep severe. or severe because yeah. you are, I guess, authentic for lack of a better word. 
Ach, but it's tough, man. And I mean, again, not everybody's watching everybody else's journey. Everybody's actually focused on their own. Mm. But we do, of course, throw a glance at other people and their life choices. And it helps us it does. when we want to emulate good choices made by other people. Right. So I've also put a lot of pressure on myself. And my friends have put pressure on themselves. We have this thing... Um, where we say too famous to fuck up. Mm, mm. So we're not even famous internationally, really, but we're famous locally. We are. We are famous. And yeah. obviously there is a sense of responsibility towards not messing up, mm. carrying ourselves, yes. showing up for a show sober and performing well and yes. just doing the most. So in that case, I like that pressure. Yeah. But I mean, I don't always want to have pressure on top of me because I used to live with my father's consensus, my late beautiful father. Mm. He said you can sleep when you die. But that's that's an advice that I've grown out of. Yeah. And I don't want to give that advice to my children. It used to be my mantra. It used to be how I made things happen. Mm. Mm. So um, I will not sleep when I die. I will literally sleep when I can now because yeah. <laughs> this yeah. whole truth, this whole thing of pushing yourself until you break, it's not a thing anymore. No, no, no. It has changed completely and I realize that's most probably why my parents died before the age of 65, both mm, of them. Mm. Why do you need to be dead yourself. before 65? Because you're overeating, you're mm. overworking, mm. you're not investing in yourself, you're just doing what for who. Mm. And then telling me, you can sleep when you die. I hope my parents are resting now, but mm. honestly, it's unacceptable. Let me ask you a question, since we're talking about sleeping when you die. Do you feel... I mean, on a spiritual level, mm. do you, what's your stance on this whole afterlife and there is no life after death stance um, conversation? I was very religious, yeah. incredibly Catholic. Mm. I grew up Catholic and yeah. I still love the nuns. I mm. still love the space, that yeah. whole vibe. But when my mom became really ill and she had many strokes, she was very involved in the church. Mm. But the church really let us down with not coming to visit, not giving her the sicker mm. salving, as we call it in Afrikaans. Mm. So I, had to, I had to beg a lot to have my mom sub be supported by the community she supported so much. Right. That's so not fair. Man. That was the first <laughs> drop of the drop in my, you know, where I started to detach from, detach from church. Mm. Mm. And then my, my husband's brother, because I had a, a, a time where my husband was working a lot in Angola, taking out landmines or being the, the, the head of an NGO that takes out landmines in Angola. Yes, man. Yes, man. So I was alone a lot here. Not a lot, but I was alone at times. And because my family drilled this into our heads about ghosts and mm. afterlife and this yeah. one will visit you and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So obviously I was, I was quite afraid for a while. Mm. And mm. then I realized, um, it's not that I'm an atheist. I'm agnostic because, um, and I guess I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this. It's also fine. It's, it's um, who you are, man. It shouldn't matter what other people say, you know. So my brother-in-law explained to me, Lisa, if, if you're so afraid and it's debilitating, it's really hacking your quality of life. Mm. To try and make sense of it yourself i'm not telling you to not believe or to believe mm. is when you die what happens is the the thing that pr creates your voice is your voice box mm. it's deteriorating some even get cremated mm. so obviously no voice can come out yeah when you die your body deteriorates so you can't you your energy can't appear in that shape because the shape is not held by a 
by a by a form okay. like the skin and the hair and the flesh mm -hmm. so are you really telling me that you are seeing and hearing your late mother in that voice and mm. in that body mm. and she's going to come and suffocate you because you didn't do the last thing she asked you to yeah. do that is and it mm. really opened my eyes up to the fact that all these physical features that these things die and deteriorate and become part of the earth as it rightfully should mm. and then obviously your energy can never die but your energy can't sit now on a cloud and hop around and be married to the person they were married to last because why wouldn't you be in heaven with your first husband yeah. that you loved more stuff like that and it explained something to me it took the fear out of this whole afterlife ghost and haunting and rubbish yeah yeah obviously energies can still manifest and and but this whole thing of there's now a ghost that's coming to kill me. It yeah. was, it's absurd and behavior and absurd talk. It's folklore. It's folklore, but a lot of people are debilitated by it. They mm. are scared and they don't want to be alone. They feel fear. They yeah. feel a cold sweat coming on. Yeah. So for me is that that whole part of you sitting on a cloud and living your best life, it's not in my mind. Yeah. But obviously, I mean we can't even fathom it. No, <laughs> but I, I, I do, I do pray, yeah. and I, and I pray to God. But for me, God is love, so I pray a lot and I say thank you a lot. Mm. I pray especially for my family, especially for my husband and my children's mm. protection and myself. Yes, ma'am. And I pray for a lot of my family and my friends and colleagues and work. Obviously, mm. you know, to have a flow. Mm. But I don't necessarily see a person sitting on a cloud with a beard and then manifesting yeah. that yeah yeah so f i know a lot of people will frown on it but honestly i don't care about those people's opinions right. and i know it it sounds very cocky but those are exactly the people who hurt me the most or mm. have hurt other people the most in life with right. their judgmental um behavior right speaking of colleagues how <laughs> Hey. How did that song come about? Because I was listening to it today, actually. Um, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> who's Lisa beefing, bruh? I oh mean, you I'm don't beefing. have to say most name. I, yeah, I'm beefing everybody there. Yeah, you must beef. <laughs> I don't believe in beef anymore. I had a major beef. Very below bar. Nah. Social media fallout with, Ay. with somebody. Hey, hey. But that beef was to myself also. I've been lying to myself about a lot of things. And mm. then I was just, how oblique. Mm. And then there were people who lied straight to my face. Colleagues, former colleagues, former friends. And mm. former because I had to I had to let go. Yeah. They were lying straight to my face. And I was like, hi-ye, hi-ye, hi-ye. Let yeah. us not... Let us not do this. It's yeah. it's not good for anybody. Yeah. And it's going to make me resentful. And it's going to make them look stupid. Right. And so that was for people in my life. And it was also for myself. Yeah. So people must just stop lying. Yeah, if you're outside, say you're outside. Don't tell me you're outside when you are in Kadatura. <laughs> <laughs> if you never plan to that simple? Yeah. play the gig as my bassist or as my... Why did you confirm? Yes. And why am I standing here without my support structure? Why? Yeah. I've uh, for me that was also a very professional sorry, professional song about commitment and professionalism. Yes. I can't stand it when people lie about um whatever, you mm. know, mm. yeah, I'll be there, I'll do this, this is going to happen. Did it was never in the it was just something to say in front of other people. Yeah. I just walk the talk and klar. Facts. 
So hopefully it's liquor. I I want to do more of that type of Afrikaans comedy trap. Mm-hmm. Just because it's needed. This was actually the first time you've ever ventured into trap, right? I did a bit of hip hop rapping with Working Do with and B. That was w- with Becoming Phil. Yes, Becoming Phil. Yo, yeah. one of the greatest yeah. producers ever exactly. to work with them. Yeah, no, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't trap. Trap must only came in recently, and yeah. I, I, I love doing Hoopleek, and I want to do more of that, but with yeah. hip hop producers, right? Because my producer who did that is not a hip hop producer in my mind. Mm. He does more fusion of, of you know house and afro pop and stuff mm, like that so mm. i want to go into that definitely. that's the that's the general sound in namibia right this afro pop mm. sound this yeah yeah that's afro pop and then of course it fuses into house and dance all yeah yeah whatever i i actually love those genres yeah but yeah i i don't want every song to sound the same as the other song let's take it back mm Universal language. <laughs> that was the first time I actually came uh, came across Lisa. This is actually even before um, I met Grant and then you know yeah, Carl yeah, yeah. and then you eventually. Yeah. That <laughs> for me, I think even just the visual aesthetics. I mean, you mm. shot this in in in, in, in the shot house. Shot this year, in. yes. Yeah. The vinyl player, my yeah. dining room, my stage. Yeah, yeah. Compared to the videos at the time, this is what 2012. Yeah, ah, no, that was earlier, uh, that was earlier. I think that was 2011. Yeah. I uh, yeah, we were just. I think. Th- look, th- I've. Number one, I think that that video was revolutionary. Thank you. In the sense that. Who was it, Maya? Maya Neto. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Compared to the other videos, you know, your standard zoo park chilling. Mm. I mean, this is was. I mean, would you? S- hmm. It's neo soul. The sound it sounds it's very neo soul. I love neo soul. That very was a big part of my big part of my beginning was just yeah. falling in love with Erica and all that type of vibe. Yeah. But for me, that Räubersprache, the mm. the language we're speaking, that Vivital. that Vivital, and then of course Chris Grant did the um, did the Epikapas, the peer, the peat language mm-hmm. but those are the things we grew up with so i started very authentically i wanted to push it out there my first track was actually black mm. which was spoken word put into a type of rap form yeah exactly I saw the video. yeah 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 but then i got a lot of who is this illuminati girl hey. who is this, this Illuminati? i was like i don't even know what illuminati is so i uh, f- obviously the local audience was just like this isn't this isn't dancehall and, and Afro-pop, so we don't like it. Mm. So I got a lot of airplay in Finland. I got a lot of airplay right. in other countries and other places. But locally, I was quite rejected, and it wasn't a nice feeling. So oh. I took it to, I took my work, my that type of work, I took to the spoken word stage where I felt home, mm. where I felt loved, mm. supported, and that was my, my home for the next decade. Right. Before I started Song Night, and then we ventured into... Supporting singers with their type of genres. Yes, it's just a pity that a lot of the genres sound the same. I mean, I mean, I'm l- I go to the show all the time, and yeah. I mean, thank you very much, you know, for giving me the opportunity to be the um, the, the official photographer. Fo- photographer. Yes, you are. You captured the most beautiful pictures hey. I've ever. Oh my good moments! Thank you, thank you so Incredible. much. Incredible, I love it. Just going to that show. Of course, a lot of the people are singing covers. A lot of which will not be the case anymore this year. This year, yeah. You know, YouTube has this rule where you get blocked if you start doing covers. Thank you. Thank you. 
I don't I don't support <laughs> look do the cover find your vocal range see where you can take things but you have to as a singer you need to make you your own music you must push your own agenda you yeah. must push your own stories your, own, yeah. your journey yeah Obviously, people love a good cover show, the layman audience in Namibia. And it's tough. It's really tough to go against that stream. It's predominantly that. Yeah. That's the reason why covers are still a thing. Mm. Why not more Namibian songs are being celebrated because covers are loved and people remember things. They'll pay money for that. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I have to push this year that and singers, a lot of singers will not come back to song night and it's also fine mm. because we have to We're up the ante yeah. we have to up We're the ante yeah. and original songs will be at the at the will be the president mm. and obviously if somebody wants to do a cover that will not go onto our youtube channel yeah. because we got michael i'm not sure what his surname is he will be doing footage for for song night's youtube mm. channel mm-hmm. so we have to push original music you must you must yeah it's it's, it's in the cards it's it's beautiful to see what else is in the cards well, Lisa. we, for me, definitely making more of fusion music, mm. you know, mad projects. Mm-hmm. But I think now for me, firstly, will be my Butensis Afrikaans Colored Play, mm-hmm. which is a slash drag show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that because I feel having written it, going to direct it mm. and starring in it is going to be a huge feat for me. Mm. But I want to do it. Mm. I want to leave a legacy for my children that like one thing after the other. Mm-hmm. I want them not to say, oh, must I now do what my mother did and churn out as much? Yeah, yeah. No, I just want to put a foundation down yeah. to say we talked our stories. Yes. We wrote our lyrics. Yes. We represented where we came from and we're taking it to where we want to go. Yes. I'm not forcing anybody to, I'm not forcing my children to live up to anything, mm. but what expectations they have of themselves. Where do you think they're going? Very much into the creative sphere. Okay. It has to be because that's what they're exposed to constantly. Of course, of course. And of course, education and literature because my husband f- uh, does a lot of the homework and the mm. reading and the and we focus a lot on not exposing our children to unnecessary um, things. You know, they right. don't even have one toy that represents a gun or a a weapon because we don't allow that in our house. We also, I like to swear. Yes, my children know swearing. Yeah. But I also, I'm not trying to justify when I swear, Mm. but our children are raised very respectfully and actually with a lot of Christian values. Mm. But we're not Christians. We are living to the values of respect, love, showing love, compassion, Mm. feeding somebody who doesn't have food, but also Mm. not taking in everybody from the street because you have to also protect yourself. Yeah, um, not everyone has the best intentions. No, and that we had to learn the hard way, of especially course. my daughter, mm. who obviously um, has had a, a tough start in life, and mm. then we adopted her, and her just making her own moves, you know, yeah. her being her complete own person. I it's love amazing. I love watching them grow. Like yeah, it's the best and possible. And so intellectual. Very, and they're very good children. I've, uh, I've. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> proud of my husband and myself and how we raise our children. We mm. we are really doing what we're supposed to do with them. Lisa, you could have been anywhere else. 
you could have been sitting with anyone else but you chose to sit with me for this yes for this hour almost yeah but i believe in you i've i've seen you work i only heard your one album there in my car i'm <laughs> like who's this who's this no this is charlie this is my friend this is yeah. my guy this yeah. is my guy i was like okay and then yeah. as the years progressed you know working with you yeah i really love your your aura your vibe Thank and you. and Thank your you style much. Thank you very much. And then I obviously, love yours too. <laughs> I actually want to ask you where your inspiration comes from, and like, what kind of, what is your capsule? What is your, what are your, what are some of your capsule pieces, or like, maybe just first touch on what inspires your style. I think style was a very big part of me because of my late mother. She would always throw a pair of pearls on. It was like, now you're dressed. She's right. like, you would never be dressed without a pair of pearls. Right. I think also because dressing up changes your mood. Oh, yeah. Facts. When you, when you put on something swaggy, mm. I love hats and headpieces and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like suddenly you're preparing yourself for something bigger and better. And it's fun also to dress down and just be... a Bumalar. Yeah, it's yeah, lovely. Yeah. Only at the crib. Oh, yeah. Only at the crib. Don't catch me dead in the yeah. streets wearing some raggedy stuff, bro. Yeah, no. Nah, 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 nah. So, nah. but this, like, this tech leathers you, oh, yeah. you brought into my life. Uh, <laughs> you did because I love a good mule, you know, oh, a pump. Yeah. Because I don't wear shoes. I don't wear those ballerina pumps. I don't wear I don't wear the normal shoe ever. Yeah, I've yeah. never worn boring shoes. I wear. But to, uh, to support wear. local... And to support leather, you know, I'm not with part this of kind of design. With this kind of design is my vibe. Thank Obviously, you. Obviously, I I love to dress in architectural clothing, but nobody's making the clothes that I want. I've not, I think I've had one Ingo Shanyenge dress that mm. completely captured my spirit in is, that moment. Is this the one you wore for the recent fashion? For stuff? the for the yeah, it's oh called yeah. the Lisa Lepidoptera dress. Uh huh. And that dress just caught me at the right times, you know, at the right spaces. Mm. Mm. But obviously, I'd like to dress uh, the way I want to feel every day, but it's not possible yeah. with not ha not being able to create my own clothing. I've mm. wanted to design and, and, and execute my own clothing for such a long time, but I have so much to do already. It's very Ooh. tough to learn to sew now mm. and to... Have the patience for it. Patience and and yeah, because you everybody says, ah, let's quickly paint the wa the house white so that it's fresh. Yeah. And then when you start painting, you're you're exhausted. You're like, okay, this is easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Everything in life is easier said than done. So mm -hmm. with fashion, try and keep it classic and just look like a person. I try. I I wanna look like somebody when I walk out of the door. Yes. And that means I'm always either in a kaftan. Mm -hmm. Or I'm uh, or a kimono. Mm -hmm. I I really love those type of things because they make me feel effortless. Are you okay? So there's this current conversation on sustainable fashion, yes. right? Um, with the recent uh, situation, I think is in in India where the building collapsed on everyone, and now <sighs> there's this whole um, initiative about who who made my clothes, right? Yeah. Just trying to create um, better conditions for the people that make the clothes. Yeah. Where is your stance on that? Are you one that would recycle or would you, you know, go to vintage stores? Would you... Absolutely. Yeah? I love a good thrift store. I I hardly see pieces that are so nice and original like the pieces that used to be created. I mean, 1920s, 30s fashion. Oh, oh yeah. I can't find those silhouettes anywhere. My husband and I watch Mrs. Marvelous Mrs. Mabel, who's mm. this female comedian in the mm. past. Mm. Mm. Her clothing is so stunning, but obviously the mass-produced cheap stuff, 
I mean, when I look at a Mr. Price thing and it says don't be close to fire, obviously it's because it's full of plastic. Yeah. And you can burn and it can melt on your skin. Yep. I also have an allergic reaction to plastic clothes because I, I get this hypothermia in a in the heat way. Mm-hmm. So I try and wear as much cotton and 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 paper, even paper. Oh I, yeah, I yeah. try and wear They're less. They're making hats like this, this now. This is yeah, paper. Yeah. This is paper. Wild, right? So even with the straws and stuff. This is what I'm currently wearing is not a good example of of breathable clothing, mm. but it was a quick choice. But usually I go for cotton and stuff that that somebody can inherit from me and then wash and bleach and whatever and still yeah. wear for another decade. Right. Whereas quick fashion, it helps quickly, but mm. it's it's like a quick meal. It in the end gives you it's a heart not attack. Really good for you. Yeah. It's not good. In the long run. So Facts. I'm trying yeah, I always pass on my clothes that, you know, have been seen in the media. Uh, yeah. I pass them on to people I've never even met. I've mm. given most of my very expensive designer dresses to matric farewell girls who couldn't nice. afford them so nice. try and give your things away to people who'll actually wear them yes and not and just not hoard them and not <laughs> just hoard or throw <laughs> or use as cleaning lapa or whatever facts 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 so that's a big deal but i'm working with martina piper mm. she's styled by martina yes she just bought herself a sewing machine and she designated a space for herself to learn mm-hmm. i said well you're going into styling and designing so you need to obviously those, tools. those are the tools you need Equip yourself, educate yourself, practice, 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 and then make clothes that you actually want to make. Yeah. So, yeah. Any closing remarks, Lisa? But I need to work on my posture. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm so important. <laughs> you didn't see my arm I like this. I was like, <laughs> is it me or is it my back muscle? Or so that's something I want to work on. Mm. Just my posture. Whether yoga, it's yeah, man. Yoga. I, yeah, I love it. Mm. I'm just, I just need to make the time make the time but also find the type of yoga that works for me mm. because i've i've realized i don't have to do what everybody else is doing yo there's some crazy things yeah. but um come through to i mean when you make th- when you make the time yeah. the the indian high commission they have yoga for free yeah i was there for i think three four years and nice. then i left all right because then i went to the yoga shala but then my schedule messed up my yoga shala schedule uh. so obviously i can just walk to the indian high commission yeah and do yoga there again yeah man all the best with your posture <laughs> thank you i think that's my first priority now yeah, yeah. just because without when you when you're in pain you're you it can't. You can't be works. your best. Yeah. Mm. No, that's so facts. So pain-free. Uh huh. Pain-free and pain-free. Twenty twenty. Positive future for all of you. Hell yeah. High five. Mm. <laughs> that was the everything and nothing show with our very special guest Lisa Ellis. Thank you so much for watching. Comment down below if you have any questions. I'll try and get Lisa to answer them, or I'll answer them myself. Yes. Continue to keep watching and keep supporting local. Yes. Peace and love. Ciao. Listen, but what about my 